0: Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au, the program is podcast. My name is Joseph Toscombe, hosting today's program. If you like the program, listen, if you don't like it, just turn off, alright? There's more to life than doing things you don't want to do, especially if you you're not forced to do it. So if you haven't been chained next to a radio or a computer... Uh, to listen to the anarchist world this week and you don't like it, move along. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day, does it? Now if you wonder what anarchy is all about, anarchist society is a voluntary non hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision making power. That's direct democracy. The people involved in a decision make that decision and then appoint or elect delegates to coordinate that decisions at a local, regional, national and occasionally international level. Society where wealth is held in common. It is about wealth creation, but also about equality of outcome. Very simple concepts. Anakos without rulers, not without rules, not without leadership, without rulers. Okay, let's move on. Now I think uh, there's a lot of things obviously I like to talk about every week but I'm really, really interested in the pickle we find ourselves in and I want to bring in two issues together that normally most people don't uh, kind of bring together but we will marry, marry these two issues, you like that? We will marry them. I'm interested in two concepts, and I don't don't let your eyes glaze over when I say this. I'm interested in privatization. I'm interested in globalization, corporatization, and deregulation. So you see, political and social activity is about repetition. It's about repetition, and I'm also interested to see what's happened to people's, in the Western world, living standards. As we've embraced this revolution over the last four decades. I think it's very interesting that during these last four decades we have seen the rise and rise of political and social movements that blame their individual deteriorating economic situation, individuals and groups of people, directly due to a number of significant issues which have been boiling over in the last four decades. And we're talking about refugees and migration the, the emergence of social and cultural and political movements which are based on gender or sexual orientation has significant forces in the world today and a Stagnant economic situation of most people in the Western world. I'm not talking about the investment class, which has done very well, or the one percenters who own the means of production, distribution, exchange, and communication. I'm talking about the 90%. Small business, working people, part time workers, full time workers, people on social security uh, uh, income. So in the 1970s, this is a fact. And it's not fake news. We don't do fake news on the anarchists of this week. We don't need to do fake news. There's so much out there. In the 1970s, one wage earner, usually male, could sustain a nuclear family. Or a blended family, didn't matter. In 2018, it takes two wage earners, two, two wage earners to maintain the same standard of living. Two. The fact that more and more women have been gone into the workforce has been significant, not in terms of giving women the opportunity to develop themselves to their fullest potential outside, you know, a, a domestic environment. But what we've seen is a decline a decline in the ability of individuals to maintain their living standard in the last 40 years. And this has been during the privatisation, globalisation, corporatization, deregulation phase that has haunted the world over the last, as I said, four decades. But what do people do, especially men, to a significant degree? what do we do? It's not just men. What do we do? We look for scapegoats. We look for people we can point to to try to explain this situation. We look around us. We see people wearing funny clothes and different colours and speaking different languages, and we're quite happy to point the finger at them, saying, well, it's all your fault that my situation has deteriorated. Or we look at the women's movement, or the gay movement, or any other social movement, saying, ah, it's all about political correctness. That's what it's about. That's what's caused my situation. The reality is very different. The reality is that people in 2018, a significant proportion of the population, over 70%, find themselves in poorly paid, part-time, irregular work. That's the nature of the economic system. That's That's what happens when you deregulate an economy. That's what happens when you privatise essential public services. And that's what's happened when you try to compete with sovereign nation states who pay their employees a dollar a day. That's what happens when you no longer, sovereign governments, governments of sovereign nation states no longer are able to determine the laws in that country because of agreements which are signed between nation states which give corporations power to supersede the needs of a local population. Now, this is not something new. I mean, people in the developing world, in the non-Western world, have had to put up with this garbage for decades. So we have a problem That's what the anarchist world this week has been about. We do have a problem. And what we do here on the anarchist world this week, we swim against the flow of the public narrative. We swim against the flow of the public narrative. And what that means in plain English English is we point out what the issues are what the dilemma is. And it's quite simple. I mean, even an idiot like me, even an idiot like me can work it out. It's very simple. Capitalism, especially corporate capitalism, has got one major focus. There's no such thing as green capitalism or ethical capitalism or you know, moral, morality in, in capitalism. Capitalism is very simple. If you don't generate a profit, you die. It's that simple. If your corporation, your business, doesn't generate a profit, it dies. It no longer ce- it ceases to exist. So the number one mission statement of any corporation, any business is to maximise profits. And you maximise profits by ripping off your customers. You maximise profits by ripping off the people who work in your organisation. You maximise profits by ignoring the laws, the regulations which uh, cover your particular industry. You maximise profits by sending your profits offshore You maximize profits by sending jobs offshore. It's all about maximizing profits. That is the essence. That is the very essence of corporate capitalism. It is its lifeblood, its oxygen. You don't create a profit, you die. So, what's happened during this privatization, deregulation, corporatization? globalisation phase of human history. The chicks have come home to roost. And they're all roosters. They don't lay any eggs anymore. They're all roosters. Look at all the issues that you face and your family face and your friends face and your work colleagues face in 2018, energy prices directly linked to price gouging by privatised corporations, by private corporations who are fed off the carcasses of public assets, energy generating facilities and distribution facilities, which were built... By the blood, sweat and tears, tears of your parents and grandparents. And when you talk about government regulating this sector, look at the mess we find ourselves in. Because talk is cheap. And it doesn't matter how many bloody laws you pass, if you can't regulate the area, especially in a deregulated environment, they go gangbusters. Banks and the financial sector, those of you who've been following the current Royal Commission, nothing new. Anybody who's listened to the anarchist world this week for the last 40 years, the last four decades, will know this is nothing new. They're there to make a buck. You can only make a buck by a number You provide a service, hmm? but the trouble is when you provide just a service, it may not give you the bang you need to survive. So, you exploit your workers, you exploit your customers, and you see what's been happening. Simple. You deregulate the sector, you privatise the sector, and you get all the problems that we now face as a community. Look at the airports. Privatised. Monopoly, corporate monopoly. Toll roads, corporate monopolies. Every day stories about customers and workers being shafted every single day. But nobody joins the dots. So no wonder, although your wage may have increased in relation to inflation, the fact is that your standard of living hasn't. And you need two people working full-time to maintain the same standard of living that one person working full-time was able to do 40 years ago. Think about it. And when we look at governments, of all political hues, we've seen the manipulation of government. If corporations are there and businesses are there, to create profits irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. What are governments there for? What are governments there for? Traditionally, government was about imposing the will of those who exercise power through force to maintain their power. That's what government was all about. It was only function. It wasn't there to look after the interests of its citizens. It was there to exploit their labour, their their nationalism, their sense of being part of a community. And if you did the wrong thing, you were drawn and courted. You were hung. You were burnt. Your children were, you know, sacrificed in the mines to increase profitability. That's what government was all about. It was its central, central aim. 17th century, 18th century, most of the 19th century. Look at human history. Look at how people like us were treated as garbage in order to enrich some murderer or rapist, you know, declared themselves king of the universe because they had a bigger army than somebody else. And government was the way that they reinforced their power. Then you've got the age of enlightenment, reform, revolution. And the role of government changed. And it changed because of the bodies, the blood, the sweat and tears of tens of millions of human beings who demanded violently in many situations, it was the only way possible, who demanded that government looked after their interests, who demanded some type of minimum wage for a social security system, who demanded that their children have the same opportunities as the children of the rich, who demanded that they had rights at work, who demanded they received a fair return for their labour. And governments were forced to change in the 20th century. And the carnage of the First and Second World War And the sacrifices which were made on all sides highlighted the fact that governments needed to provide for the citizens that they governed. End of story. So, 40 years ago, at the beginning of the privatisation, deregulation, corporatisation, globalisation revolution, we were told ad nauseum This was an inefficient system. And you know why it was inefficient? Because the return to those who exercise power, the return to corporations, the return to major businesses, had changed. Two thirds of every dollar which was created went back to the people who created that wealth, one third went to the investor. So we needed some way to create some aspirational class, you know, aspirational class, aspire to acquire wealth, aspire to emulate those we doff our our hats at. Hmm? And so we had this revolution where the great majority of the populations across the globe, across the Western world, accepted the new religious mantra, went on their knees, kowtowed every day and prayed, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation, deregulation. It is our pathway to nirvana, brothers and sisters. And we saw governments hijacked Governments hijacked by interests who wanted to reverse this trend where the majority of people benefited from society. And they did this by destroying the public sector. And they destroyed the public sector by giving away State owned assets to the private sector at bargain basement prices. Gave them away. Thinking we'll have competition, prices will be driven down, people will be more customer friendly, we'll be able to enjoy the fruits of the universe. Yes, good story. Like every good story, it ain't true. So, 2018, we have a choice. We have a choice. We always have choices. We do have choices, even in situations where choices are limited, very limited, like in North Korea. We do have choices. We can continue to mouth the same prayer every day. Get on our knees. Privatization, corporatization, deregulation, globalisation. Sing the praises to the Lords. Or we can tear up the hymn book and start a new narrative. And that's what the anarchist world is about. It's about encouraging you to tear up that corporate hymn book and start a new narrative. And if you think it's all too hard, it's all too hard, think again. Do you think when people started to agitate against slavery 300 years ago after 10, thousands of years of you know, institutionalised sl- slavery and feudalism, they thought it was all too hard? Of course they thought it was all too hard. But one drop of water, one drop of rain can become a torrent. One drop of rain becomes a torrent and you are that drop of rain. I am that drop of rain. And if we swim against the tide, we can change the public narrative. Because if there is nobody who is willing to challenge that public narrative, change will never occur. And whether we see it in our lifetime or not isn't important. What is important is that that struggle continues. So what I'd like to do in the second half of the program is look at initiatives that the Anarchist World or Anarchist Media Institute has taken. Now, you may agree of some... You may find some piddling, you may find some interesting. But The key is we need to be able to give life to ideas. Ideas by themselves only act as an impetus for change. And change comes through action. Through action. You've been listen- you're listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access, access the podcast for six to eight weeks by going to 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. You can write to me. Yes, I still answer letters. don't get many of them, but I do answer them. You can write to Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. You can email me at anarchistage at com. Anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can leave nice messages on 0439 395 489. 04 Three nine three nine five four eight nine, so what I'd like to do now is just go through a whole list of events that the Anarchist Institute has been instrumental in initiating and in many regards organizing a whole stream of events now, obviously they're not all anarchistic because the anarchist struggle is not just about a struggle to create this you know. New society sometime in the future after a glorious revolution. That's a lot of crap. The anarchist movement is about to create channels, roads, pathways by which people can become involved in that struggle to radically transform society. That's what it's about, and it's about improving. People's lives. It's about understanding our past. It's about reclaiming our history and celebrating those victories. And all the activities that I'll be talking about over the next which will be occurring mainly in Melbourne and Victoria because unfortunately unfortunately for you, listening outside of Victoria, the Anarchist World This Week comes from the studios of Melbourne radio station three CR. Nobody else would give anarchists that ability to communicate constantly. Fortunately, the community radio network allows the anarchist world this week to be broadcast across the country, for which we are ever grateful. Now, let's go through this slowly. First of all, a bit of begging. Every dog has its day. Now public interest before corporate interests has been established now for 3 years it has been established to ensure that the interests of the many the public are always put the interests uh, always put before the interests of the few the corporation it is both a political party and a social and cultural movement now we are in the process of attempting to get 550 members on the Australian electoral roll so we can apply for registration as a federal political party. Whether it happens this year or next year or the year after, as we have no plans to disappear, rests solely on you. We currently have over 750 members, 389 who are on the electoral roll. Three hundred eighty nine. we you know the hundred and sixty one members on the federal electoral roll, the Commonwealth electoral roll, anywhere in Australia. Doesn't matter. We are trying to form a national organisation which is interested in putting the interests of the many before the few, which wants not interested, wants to put the interests of the many before the the few. Through. Promoting the establishment of public resources to replace corporate resources, especially in fundamental, essential human services like health, education, energy, infrastructure, culture, arts, and the list goes on and on. Now, as I said, Every dog has its day. We now have 389 members on the electoral roll. We need another 161 to be able to register as a federal political party. I encourage you to join. I have a member. I'm actually a foundation member. You can join by doing a number of things. You can download the application form by going to Pipsi, PIBCI.net, PIBCI.net, or you can leave a message on 0439 395 489, 0439 f- 395 489. And if you don't, you know, you can always write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Now, there'll be a public interest before Corporate Interest Congress. That's the second one held this year, which will be held on Saturday, the 18th of August, from 10.30am to 3.30pm at the Melbourne Unitarian Public. Peace Memorial Church at 110 Grey Street in East Melbourne. The morning session will be devoted to the Public Housing Everybody's Business 10-Day Rally, which has been uh, organised by public interest before corporate interests on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. uh, And the Senate issue after lunch. If you are coming, please bring some food and drinks to share on the communal table. And we'll be having a report from the Coordinating Committee, which was established at the first PIPSI Congress, and we'll be reporting back on the progress in formulating policies for PIPC. OK? So, look, it's going to be a hard slog. It's not going to be easy. Voting rights and speaking rights are restricted to members. Observers are welcome. We are not a secret organisation. Observers are more than welcome. But, again... As it's a Congress, it's a PIPC Congress, speaking rights and voting rights will be restricted to members. So if you want to participate, this is a great chance to become a member. Download an application form and uh, see where it leads you. So that's one thing that's happening, OK? That's one little thing that's happening. Trying to establish a federal political party. In an era when most political parties in this country are either rabbit. Authoritarian, you know, basket cases, or corporate apologists. There's always room for another political party. Whether you're, you know, you accept the parliamentary system or not, that is the situation we find ourselves in. So, it's an opportunity. Now we are having a bit of problem at the minute. We need stamps. We need one dollar stamps. People say. Why do you bother to post out all this material to your members? Well about a third of our members are not on the net for a variety of reasons, including privacy. And also we find that when we send out emails that you know, a lot of people don't read them because they think it's junk mail. It's always an issue. So we need another we need five hundred one dollar stamps the next week. We are in the process of mailing out the AGM notice for the uh, Wednesday, the 7th of November, the Pipsy Congress notice and the notice regarding the public housing, everybody's business struggle. So, if you can help us, $1 stamps, send them to Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. Look, I hate for, I hate begging, but unfortunately, that's the nature of the beast. You can help financially. You can help physically, you can join or you can sit in your little house or flat or unit or out in the street and dream, dream about the possibility of change. We're not interested in dreaming. We've had enough dreaming. We want to make a critical entry both in parliamentary elections and socially and culturally. So that's Pipsy. That's one little thing. Okay, It's got a life of its own. It's an independent organisation. But it was an mid institute initiative three years ago. You don't have to be an anarchist to join. Most members are not anarchists. 95% of members of public interest before corporate interest are not anarchists. They are people who are interested in ensuring that the rights of the many are always put before the rights of the unaccountable few. So that's one thing. Another little thing that uh, I initiated personally three years ago, or three and a half years ago. Now, when I was first introduced to the West Papua independence movement activists, refugees who had come to this country from uh, West Papua, I was horrified, and my late wife, Ellen Jose, was horrified. They didn't even have an office to meet at. They were so marginalised, and considering that The West Papuan struggle for independence has been going on for over 60 years and over half a million people from a population of, you know, roughly one and a half million people, Indigenous people, has died during that period through neglect, through war, through suffering. And considering that many of the people that I met in the West Papuan independence movement had spent years in jail and been shot and tortured, you know, we felt together that something needed to be done and we launched the West Papuan independence movement Rent Collective. Now, like, like all initiatives, the Rent Collective basically pays the rent. It pays the rent for the West Papuan independence movement. It allows West Papuans to pursue their independence struggle both locally and internationally. And the office, which was established three years ago at Docklands, Suite 211 838 Collins Street, Docklands, is having a profound impact on that struggle for West Papua independence. But like all organisations, we have problems. We require 15 new members for the Rent Collective. And for only a dollar a day, you can keep open the only Federal Republic of West Papua office in the world. That's right. Keep it open. Encourage them to pursue their independence struggle, a dollar a day. And if you want to join the Rent Collective, give me a call, 0439 395 489. Or email FRWP Women's Office at gmail.com or email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. It is a, you know, it, the Rent Collective runs on a very old fashioned concept. It runs on the concept of personal responsibility. You can pledge three hundred sixty five dollars a year, you can put in thirty dollars a month, you can put it directly, you put it directly into a Commonwealth bank account. Very simple, many Commonwealth banks across the country. You put it directly in the bank. You can do it electronically, you can do it by check. You can do it. You can walk to a bank, any branch, give the details and do it anonymously. Cash. Very simple. For thirty dollars a day, where else can you have such a profound impact? Sorry, thirty dollars a month. My apologies. Thirty dollars a month. Where else can you have such a profound impact? And look if you're not sure, we have three open days. The West Papua and Rent Collective has three open days. Now we don't direct the West Papuans about how to conduct their independence struggle. They are fully autonomous, and I can assure you, if you speak to any of the people in the office, they will tell you they are fully autonomous to conduct their independence struggle in the best way they see fit. The Rent Collective pays the rent to give the West Papuan independence movement that physical presence in this country. Now... The next West Papuan Open Day will be on Sunday the 5th of August. That's right, Sunday the 5th of August. Starts at midday with lunch. Sorry, starts at it starts at 1pm, sorry. Sunday the 5th of August starts at 1pm. Everybody's in, welcome. It's at the office at the rear of 838 Collins Street Docklands. You get off the tram stops right out the front, buses out the front, 838 Collins Street dock lanes. Try before you buy. Come along. Meet the activists. Look at the office. See how important it is to that independent struggle. And if you've got any inquiries, you can either ring me on 0439 or you can ring 0420 250 Three eight nine, or you can go to frwpwomensoffice at gmail.com. But look, just turn up on the day. Good Sunday afternoon. Lunch, music at 1pm. Talk by Jacob Gregg on Australian-Indonesian military relations at 2pm. Meet the people involved. Become a member of the Rent Collective. Annoy the Australian government. Annoy the Australian opposition. Annoy the Indonesian government. Promote and support an important independence movement. Let's move on. Let's move on. As I said, lots of things happening. Lots of things happening. Now, public interest before corporate interest was instrumental in setting up defend and extend public housing. And since December 2016, we have been agitating for that. And the next rally for defend and extend public housing will be on the 25th of July. Parliamentary sitting day, beautiful Parliamentary sitting day, 25th of July, steps to the Victorian Parliament House. Come and join us, midday to about one thirty. And again, having a viable, strong public housing sector in an era where both the Victorian Labor Andrews-led government and the Victorian opposition, in an era where they're both privatising public housing, and sending public housing into the hands of the private sector through affordable community housing, private sector organisations. I mean, secure... There's nothing more important in, in, in the world than having secure, stable accommodation. End of story. Now, we've actually upped the ante and we've created Public Housing Everybody's Business, And that's basically an organisation that's been set up to coordinate 10 days in November. The 2018 Victorian state election that will be held on Saturday the 24th of November will be dominated by the law and order and infrastructure debate. Unfortunately... Despite our efforts and the efforts of many other people over the last few years to make public housing a national issue, public housing is not on the agenda of both the Victorian Labor Party and the Liberal National Party opposition. It's that simple. It's not on their bloody agenda. They're not interested. They're still following the old privatisation road. You know, I remember... (laughs) The old Communist Party is to talk about capitalist rotors. We should be talking about privatisation rotors. In order to ensure public housing is a significant issue at the Victorian State election, public interest before corporate interest, PIPSI, will be laun- has launched public housing everybody's business. The campaign is designed to make public housing a major election issue. We'll be holding a 10-day rally, 24 hours a day, from the midday, Wednesday the 14th of November, to midnight Saturday the 24th of November, on the steps of the Victorian Parliament, to which we need you to come along to, whether you come along for one night, one day, one hour. The more people on the steps of the Victorian Parliament promoting the idea of public housing the more chance that this will become a significant issue because if the Labor Party wins a majority in their own right, public housing is finished in the state of Victoria. If the Liberal National Party wins a majority in their own right, public housing is finished in the state of Victoria. The only way we think that this issue will be resolved is for a hung parliament because the Greens, the Victorian Greens, are campaigning on the issue of public housing and they need to campaign on the issue of public housing because the inner city seats which they wish to capture and they've got three currently, Paran, Northcote and Melbourne and they're looking at Brunswick, Richmond and um, ooh, Essendon possibly, you know, will dependent on public housing tenants because public housing tenants... The greatest concentration is within a few, about five or six kilometers of the Melbourne CBD. So no wonder they've taken up that issue, not only to defend what is there, but to extend what's there. Now, the slogan public housing, everybody's business, is using for this campaign is a very simple slogan because it puts things in perspective. Now, we hear governments talking about $20 billion to build a bloody hole in the ground and to put a road through it, and $10 billion, you know, we sell the Port of Melbourne to get rid of 50 railway crossings. and the list goes on and on. Crap. Total crap. Total crap. So what we want to do is use Victorian stamp duty revenue, approximately $6 billion plus per year, for public housing. You can house 1 million Victorians in public housing by 2029. Because public housing shouldn't just be for emergency cases. It should be available to anybody who is not able to enter the private housing market. If you've got a strong public housing sector, like a strong public banking sector, like a strong public energy sector, you force down prices, not just for accommodation, rental accommodation, but also for. You force down housing price at the low end of the market. So, put the 10 days aside. Come and join us. should be a great spirit. A great spirit of resistance. I mean, the Eureka Rebellion was only there for about five days. Wiped out in one night on the December the 3rd. But, we'll be there for 10 days. Depending on what happens? 10 days, put it down. Midday the 14th of November, that's Wednesday, to midnight Saturday the 24th of November. I'll be taking 10 days off. I'll be there the whole 10 days, apart from toilet breaks. Maybe I should organise a catheter and a colostomy bag. Who knows? Maybe then I wouldn't need to take a toilet break. But obviously, we all are human on some days. Now, a few more interesting things that we've got lined up. Yeah, these are things that are lined up. I'll give you an interesting one now. You know, for for about a year, we will have. I was having a uh, dinner every night, every Wednesday night, Conjo Ethiopian restaurant across the roads from the studios of Community Radio Three CR in Melbourne, where I broadcast from on the Community Radio Network. I broadcast live. Okay. Now that restaurant closed down for a variety of reasons, but now we have re-launched the dinners. And the first dinner will be on this Wednesday. That's right, the eleventh of November, six p.m. It finishes about nine. We've moved the venue. People, some people are happy, some people aren't. It was picked by the people who are, came regularly to these dinners. We'll give it a burl, see what happens. What we were looking for was a non-trendy place. You know, sick of trendoids. We wanted somewhere where the food was reasonable. Where you know you could book a table on a regular basis, could have a bit of a conversation, a bit of a laugh, discuss the issues of the day, look at what's actually happening politically, get involved in this specific uh, issues that uh, we are promoting. So it's we start Wednesday the eleventh of July. That's right, Wednesday the eleventh of July. That's tonight. If you listen to the program live, Wednesday, the 11th of July, it's at La Porqueta at 392 Raftown Street, Carlton North. It's not in the trendy Carlton. It's in Carlton North. 392 Raftown Street, Carlton North. We'll give it about a month. We'll see how we go. If there's interest and people turn up, well and good. If there's no interest or we'll move on to something else. But again, so the uh, Wednesday night dinners with Joseph Toscano have been reinstated, not because I wanted them reinstated, because other people thought they were useful. I think they were useful. I'm pleased that people have organised an alternative uh, venue. I thank them very much for trapping up and down through uh, Melbourne, looking for a suitable venue that wasn't trendy, that was uh, welcoming, the food was relatively affordable come along, you don't have to buy anything, you can have a cup of coffee if you want to, you don't have to eat. 6pm, it's beginning Wednesday the 11th of July, 392 Raftown Street, Carlton North. Another little initiative which you can organise in your part of the world. I mean these aren't big initiatives, these are little initiatives. Sometimes you need little initiatives and they lead to bigger and better things. But it's better than you know, becoming a click activist and getting a, you know, sore forefinger, and it's better than, you know, kind of sitting and looking at some television crap and throwing a brick through your television or your video screen or your computer screen. Come on. I mean, you meet like-minded people. What else do you want in life? Now, that little thing we've got organised, I said, a lot of things we get organised with. Peter Norman Commemoration Committee. Peter Norman, Commemoration Committee. What's all that about? I hear you ask. Well, it's very simple. Peter Norman was the Australian silver medalist who almost 50 years ago stood on the dais in Mexico 1968. He came second. Still holds the Australian record for the 200 metres. Stood on the dais with uh, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, the gold and silver medalists who did the Black Power salute. Well, it actually wasn't a Black Power salute. They tell me now. It was a universal human rights salute and Peter Norman supported that. Now, we can all be Peter Norman, and the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee has two aims, two very simple aims. To hold yearly commemorations on the 9th of October, Peter Norman Day, the day of his funeral in 2006, to acknowledge the brave, dignified moral stand Peter Norman took on the 16th of October 1968 in the struggle for universal human rights, And two, to campaign for the establishment of a significant interactive interactive monument in the soon-to-be-redeveloped Melbourne City Square to highlight that Melbourne is one of the world's most successful multicultural cities. Melbourne-born Peter Norman's stand in what can be described as one of the iconic moments of the 20th century, emphasised emphasises that Melbourne is a city where all people can maintain their distinct and separate cultures while living together in peace and harmony. Simple concepts. So to celebrate the 50th anniversary, we will be holding I Will Stand With You, which were the words Peter Norman uttered to Tommy Smith and John Carlos when he stood on that dais almost 50 years ago. So on Tuesday, the 16th of October, we are holding a I will stand with you. Universal Human Rights Struggle Summit, 1968 to 2018 and beyond at the Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church, 110 Gray Street, East Melbourne, 10am to 4pm. Keynote speakers from 10am to 12.30pm. Entertainment and then uh, a forum, question and answer forum from 2pm to 3.30pm. And closing remarks from the Peter Norman Commemoration Committee patrons. Three entry, all are welcome. You don't have to book, you just turn up. We are in the process of uh, sending out invitations for keynote speakers. I'll be very grateful if you know somebody who you think could make a contribution as a keynote speaker. It doesn't matter who they are. It could be Vladimir Putin. You know, Give us a call, 0439 395 489. O four three nine three nine five four eight nine or email me at info at Peter Norman dot com Peter Norman info at Peter dot com and again we've all I think we've wrangled enough entertainers there. We still need a few keynote speakers. I will kind of announce the program later on in the year. Then on Sunday, the eleventh of November we have the Francesco Fantine gathering at the Murchison Cemetery, 10 a.m. Francesco Fantine was an anarchist, atheist, anti-fascist, anti-militarist, who was murdered at Camp, Camp Love Day in South Australia in 1942. You know, it's a little bit like the NERA boys—they thought all Jews were, you know, pro-Nazi. Well, same to poor old Francesco, anarchist for over 20, 30 years activist in Australia for over 20 years, interned with uh, hard-lined fascists in the same prison camp, murdered. Uh, We've rediscovered his grave at Murchison Cemetery, and uh, we invite you to join us at 10am, and uh, you can look look that up on the Fantine website, q7461fantine.org, and don't forget Eureka Day, the 3rd of December. That's right, Eureka Day, the 3rd of December. It's a Monday this year. So you need to take the day off. You need to tell your boss and your bossesses that this is your day. You're happy to give up the Queen's birthday weekend. You're happy to give up Christmas Day. You're happy to give up Easter Day. Eureka Day is your day. Join us from 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. The Stations of Eureka. Come and join us. Great day in the city of Ballarat. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Don't forget those dollar stamps. We need them urgently. Post them now. Don't forget. This program is broadcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3 You can send the stamps to Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3852. The Dinner with Yours Truly this evening, the 11th of July, 6pm, La Pocetta. 392 down Street, Carlton North. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station, courtesy of those good people at the Community Radio Network. Thanks you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week. My name's Joseph Toscan I've been hosting this program. Hopefully you'll be able to listen in next week. And if you can't, don't forget... The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. 3cr.org.au. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of Death construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist Wall this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds Oh Lord, yeah!